All right, we're back. They say it couldn't be done, but we're doing it again. Here with Chad Muniz. Chad, where are we finding you? Sequel. Beautiful Cincinnati, Ohio. The sequel. Wait, is that a movie? That should be a movie about Cincinnati. The sequel. <laughs> the sequel. I'm here in uh, Alexandria, Virginia, Saturday morning. Uh, what time are we recording this? Nine o'clock on the East Coast. I was trying to come up with a good limerick for, you know, West Coast, Best Coast. I'm going to start calling the East Coast the best, the Beast Coast. Is, beast anybody, coast. is anybody saying that? Do you know that? <clears throat> we can take it over. Beast Mode was a West Coast player, though. But, but the Beast Coast could be cool. We should get that going. We get that trending. Can you do a TikTok on that? I, I cannot. All right, let's get right into it. We got three topics. And, of course, we're going to wrap up with our favorite segment, what we're watching and what we're reading. Chad, this is your suggestion, which I want to preface for our viewers out there. <laughs> this is your idea. We're going to talk about the MLS. Major, this is for uh, Major League Soccer, I think it's called. All right, it let's is. talk MLS. So, you excited? Season starts the uh... – FC Cincinnati starts their season today in Austin. Wait, wait. The first game is today? Today, yes. You're kidding me. No. I need to Google this. I mean, I'm aware that there's a soccer league called Major League Soccer. There's 28. I, I was actually, I looked at the roster. There's 28 teams now. Yeah. It's almost what NFL's got with 32, right? Yeah. Which is crazy. So there's 28 teams. Can you name five of them? Maybe. You can name five. Name five. Name five MLS teams. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Columbus Crew. There we go. Uh, there's uh, Real Salt Lake. Yeah, Real Salt Lake, right? Real Salt Lake. Uh, I think it was Red Bull. <laughs> yeah. New England. No, Red Bull is a team in Miami. Red Bull is a team in Austin. Yeah, Red Bull is in New York, New Jersey. Uh, the New England Revolution. Philadelphia. I've, I've been to their stadium, watched a game there. What's the name of the team there? <laughs> Philadelphia Union. I think we're proving our point, right? Like, <laughs> But snow baseball, ahead. baseball, lockout baseball this year. Do you think this is MLS's chance? the year for MLS to take over. As you know, I woke up this morning and – I know literally. I knew the MLS plays in the spring, but I had no idea. Like today's the official kickoff, and I'm a huge soccer nerd. So much so, I was watching QPR. That is Queen Park Ranger versus Blackburn Rovers in the EPL. That is like the second division of English soccer this morning. Uh, blissfully unaware that the MLS is playing, and 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 you have a team in your town. I have a team in my town, DC United. Um, there's 28 teams. We're struggling to name like a dozen of them. Uh, I, what is happening? I think the, it, you know my feelings about the MLS. It is like not great soccer. Um, the fan so the experience quality, can be great. The quality of play of what you watched this morning, better than the quality of play at MLS? According to various rankings, the MLS is the 15th best league in the world. In fact, the like Dutch third division is considered better soccer. Of course, the second division in English soccer is probably 10, 15 times, 10 times better than what you'll find in MLS, which, you know, which is fine. I mean, there's, you know, hundreds of leagues. I think there's a list of the top 1,000 professional teams in the world. Um, New York FC, I'm, I don't even know what the hell, they're connected to Manchester City. They just won last year's MLS. They are ranked like 250th of all the teams in the world. So 
that to me is like the rub. Like if I'm going to watch soccer, I'm going to watch like good quality soccer, but I appreciate what MLS is trying to do. 2018 is pretty exciting. And again, I think this is the year. If they've got the right marketing strategy, <clears throat> baseball's on the decline. How many kids are growing up playing baseball versus how many kids are growing up playing soccer? Introduce the sport, understand the sport, find it exciting. Well, the MLB lockup, that is interesting. Like, does that – I mean, I, to me, the key with MLB is spring training, right, opening day, just the pageantry around it, and, of course, you know, the World Series. But if they miss that – series and if you have a bunch of billionaires squabbling with millionaires does that hurt the game even more i think it does i think it's hard to draw fans back but today so uh fc cincinnati is going to play a team what is austin called austin fc right um they have a great crest though i did notice that i I like their crest oh my god the fact that you know what that means is actually pretty (laughs) telling which is pretty interesting um But are people, I mean, I don't know anybody talking about MLS. No, it, it's going to take a lot to get it to the top of the radar screen. My guess is if you watch SportsCenter this morning, there's very little talk of uh, the season open. No, I think that's a good metric. Does Who even broadcasts MLS soccer? Does ESPN broadcast it? Is it Fox? I don't even know who's, I wouldn't even be able to tell you how to do it. tell you how to find it. This is not great. So, what is our advice to <laughs> what is our advice to MLS? Do you have what would you mentioned the marketing and kind of communications? I, I, it's all you turned me on to. I'm going to preview my end segment. I started reading the club uh, two days ago. Fantastic, good. It's an so, amazing book, right? It's uh, fan amazing and um, all new information to me. Uh, so, it's about the start of the Premier League, basically founded in the early '90s, which was a shock to me that. I didn't even know. I thought it was existed all along. The uh, which is hold on, that is was, a good point. I mean, I don't know how MLS is probably. Uh, I don't know. Looks like I, it's, I looked it up. Ninety six was the so ninety six. Okay, so season. it's it's also a relatively new league. Yeah. Um, and obviously they've been playing soccer, football in England for a hell of a long time. And I think the interesting for me about the club is that the professionalization right of the yeah. of the sport and that really launched it to global stratosphere. So maybe we shouldn't be so harsh, or I shouldn't be as harsh on the MSL, MLS, because it's early days for that league. I think so. I think it's, but at the end of the day, it comes down to money to market it and money to get the talent on the field to have a quality game. And they're just, they're not there yet. The talent is, to me, I don't know, maybe and maybe because I'm a, a soccer aficionado, but I just love the sport so much. It does make a big difference. Here in D.C., actually, Georgetown is one of the better college soccer teams in the nation. And this past season, they hosted two, two or three uh, playoff games for the College Cup. And I went to two matches. The first match, they played um, Georgia Southern. And you could just tell the quality of, of Georgetown was 10x, and they won that match pretty easily. And then I think they played Providence. Um, and the quality wasn't that good. But I was looking at – I was feeling like there's obviously a handful of kids on this pitch right now that are going to go to MLS. None of them stood out to me that they had the chance to go to Europe, but maybe MLS doesn't have to be the best league in the world, right? Maybe it just has to be better is what we should probably expect. And then get, get a good fan experience at stadiums, which I think they are doing that. Every MLS game I've been to has actually been a great fan experience. It does seem like they've done a really good job of making the field really compact, you know, kind of embracing European traditions 
the pageantry, uh, yeah, the stadium experience, they're all new. You know, I think MLS has done a good job of saying we got to have soccer specific stadiums. Um, you know, some of my earliest soccer DC United experience were going out to the cavernous antiquated, you know, RFK stadium, uh, eating cold food. Um, and that is in the club. They talk about that a lot. There's that, I don't know where you are in the book, but there's a whole section where one of the owners, he's obsessed with toilets. He's like, you gotta have, you don't have good water bathroom facilities. You don't have good anything. Right. And from a fan experience, that's really telling. So what's your prediction? Right. Who's going to win the MLS this year? Uh, I have no idea, but I predict FC Cincinnati will not end in last place. That's a bold prediction because I think they won <laughs> three games last year. Yeah. Um, here's another inside tip too. I'm hearing because for our global audience of soccer fans out there, the World Cup is going to be played in Qatar at the end of the year. I think November, December, basically. Um, I'm hearing rumors that. Other teams will be playing, uh, say, because they're going to see a, a basically a month break in the other leagues. That teams that don't have players playing in the World Cup are going to be spending a lot of time in the States, possibly doing uh, kind of tournaments or playing with MLS teams. So maybe that, the World Cup, MLB strike, World Cup, maybe this is the year where MLS becomes maybe the 10th best league in the world, which would be pretty good. Drastic actually. improvement. Yep. Which would be pretty good. All right, should we go to our next topic? Let's go. James Beard. Do you like these fancy – our prop department came up with these. You see this? Yes, this is – their production value is way up this week. It's way up this week. So James third, Beard Awards. Third show is going to be amazing. It only you get better, like the MLS. So let's talk about James Beard. Um, I like restaurants. You like restaurants. Oh, um, the great. list came out this week. We're not going to rattle off all the winners, but – What's your insights on the James Beard Awards? It's just the nominations, I think. Okay. I think it's the final winners. This, I think they call semi-finalists, uh, right? Yeah, I think so. Favorite chef in Cincinnati was nominated. He's back. Multiple What's times. his name? Jose Salazar. We've eaten there, right? Didn't we do We've a big event there? there? We did. We ate Mita's. Yeah, which uh, is great. <laughs> he's an uh, he's, uh, amazing chef. We actually have a pastry chef also nominated here in Cincinnati this year. But yet again, I predict Cincinnati will be uh, shut out by Chicago, the elitist lump Cincinnati and the rest of the Midwest <laughs> in with Chicago and feel that we don't have a sophisticated enough palate. But so if, you, if Cincinnati was lumped in with the East Coast, that would be better? Oh, we'd crush the East Coast, the Beast Coast. Um, I haven't like fully gone through this list. I think this is really fantastic. I'm obsessed with this old kind of James Beard vibe. What's going on with here? Um, I've been really struck too. Speaking of the East Coast, like the number of quality restaurants in Philadelphia is pretty mind blowing. Um, which I don't think. I mean, I've, I've been sleeping on, so I want to check some of those out. But why? Why are these awards important? You know, you're saying like uh, it's hard for me to think of Chicago as an elite, full of an elitist. That's pretty, <laughs> pretty interesting. Uh, it has something to do with the competition between Cincinnati and Chicago, but why are these awards important? I, I really think it sets the tone of where food is moving in the country, yeah. which is fun to see what's happening. Um, but how does that play into you, like your whole theory about, you know, entertainment? E entertainment and, uh, is, is uh, besides sitting down for a uh, very succinct soccer match that you like 90 minutes in and out, you know, when it starts, you know, it's going to end going out and having something to eat, having a good drink, 
uh, is the best way to get some great entertainment. It drives interaction. It's great urban. It's great community building. Um, from the beginning, yeah, that's, where, that's where communities were centered around the local tavern and uh, figuring out what's going on is important. Well, tell me about, too, from an economic development standpoint. Sure. I, I assume like if a chef or a pastry chef comes in here and drops any kind of James Beard credential, that's got to help with funding, buzz, marketing. Like People seem to know a James, what James Beard award means. Yeah, it's, it, it probably goes uh, diners, drive-ins, and dives, getting on that show, and then James Beard's number two. Yeah. Um, I actually you know restaurateurs that, that don't want Triple D to come to their place because it overwhelms them. So James Beard might be a little. Is that true? <laughs> they don't want the Triple Gosh, D experience. <clears throat> it. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I think to to figure out, you know, what what is happening in the world of culinary, you know, what people are, how they're pushing it forward. It's probably as much as music, which we're going to talk about today, also, um, is something that's seen drastic change year over year, every year in terms of people pushing the, the culinary arts forward. Well, you're tied into the, I mean, you know, you're pretty well to do there in Cincinnati. You're tied in, you, you know, should be the mayor of the city. <laughs> when you talk to these chefs, um, do they feel resentment that like they're not being recognized or is it like they're just happy to be mentioned or are they competitive or how important it is for a chef to be like, I want to win this award at least once. It's very important. I think, you know, everything is a little bit, it's ego driven. It's um, being recognized by your peers. It's standing out in terms of the quality of what you do. <clears throat> but I, I think it, it also helps them, you know, this is their professions, how they make their livelihood. Yeah. It's just going to drive more customers, more revenue to their business. At the end of the day, that's what they want. They want to be able to continue to do what they love um, as a passion. And it's tough. It is a tough industry to continue to innovate and stay ahead of the game uh, culinary wise and then monetary wise to do that. Do you so think it's very important should, to them? Do you I think, think yeah, should embrace you, it? Yeah. Do you think like there should be? Like, no joke, should there be a department of culinary promotion? Should cities be like, hey, man, we want to have, like, three or four of the best chefs, like, best restaurants. Like, we're going to make an investment, make this a priority. We're going to help find them space. You know, we're going to promote them, et cetera. I mean. Yes. Because not only that, it actually helps the entire ecosystem of the economy. It's yeah. a great place to get people jobs. It's a great entry level. It's a, you can, you can get things pushing up. I think we saw a lot of that through the pandemic of people wanting to have a living wage with that and restaurants adopting that of bringing everybody in to do that, to learn a skill that's a lifelong skill to be able to make a living on. <clears throat> it's also great to feed the community. There's a huge effort here. We actually have a, a I think they got a special mention actually in, with the James Beard things uh, this time, a, a company, a group called La Soup that actually takes you know, the leftover foods um, from other restaurants and from grocery stores before they expire and basically as a soup kitchen puts that together and get the meals out to the needy. They need them. So the whole ecosystem around restaurants is could drastically improve. I think you got a great idea. We need a director of culinary experience in every major city. A czar. I mean, it would seem to me, uh, yeah, it'd be pretty easy to do. It wouldn't cost that much money. It could be a game changer. And you're not so subtle dig on the Windy City. 
used to be Cincinnati. Um, it's got to be pressure. Like if chefs are like, oh my God, the reason I'm not getting, I'm getting mentioned, which is great. I'm working really hard, but I'm not making the upper echelon because I'm not in one of these, you know, top tier cities. Um, just the competitive nature of trying to keep these chefs in town. Maybe there does have to be that community government support. Yep. I think about, um, <clears throat> I was in um, Paris a few years ago and um, this sounds ridiculous, but anyways, I was the Marseille district, you know, whatever, send hate mail to whatever. It was fantastic. I don't even know it. Uh, part of, you know, it's, it's the Marseille district. So I'm wandering around um, having a lovely experience. It's galleries and coffee shops pretty high-end rent district. You know, I'm kind of doing some quick math. I'm like, you know, how is this possible for a coffee shop? Clearly this is, you know, more expensive than a coffee shop can generate. And I was chatting with these guys, the Peloton Cafe, fantastic, run by a few Americans. Um, and they basically subsidized by the city, by the local council, right? And <clears throat> I thought that was absolutely fantastic because you need like this kind of high-low experience. You know, of course you can have like the fancy Apple stores or whatever, but it's nice to have a coffee shop you know, it's nice to have a gallery, have a mix of stuff. Um, I think that's important. You know, whether that's socialism, I think it's probably good use of like taxpayer money to say, hey, you know, this is an important part of the ecosystem, the way we want to live. And we need to help these kind of smaller restaurants, smaller entrepreneurs out because it adds to the vibrancy of the city. Where's What's the best meal you've had in the last couple of weeks? The best meal I've had. Well, I got to say to our shout out to our friend, Frederick DePew, who just opened a new restaurant here in DC, the Henry, um, we actually get, we're fortunate enough to do a, a soft opening. Uh, we had one of the first meals there. He's built an amazing property, downtown DC, 13th and Penn, um, knocked it out of the park, um, got to savor a lot of good food. So he's going to have a huge success. I think he's going to knock it out of the park and um, I'm excited for him. Great to have him back in the nation's capital, not just Annapolis. Yeah, it makes it much easier. So, uh, you know, I've already uh, was already scouting out a few tables that I plan to take over and, you know, spend more time there, which was great. I've, I've got to give one shout out for my daughter who is helping me with my production prep. Her, <laughs> her favorite culinary experience, spaghetti tacos. Taco. Is that a food truck? Yeah, no, it's a uh, Munis Lightfoot house tradition now. Wait, you make Ta them in-house? Crunchy taco shell. Put the noodles, sauce, meat, meatball in, eat it in the crunchy taco shell. And she prefers a taco shell with taki dust on it. It's quite Is a this like a legit experience. thing? Is this like a legit food kitchen? Thing. Is this going to go national? It's uh, it's an interesting color. Are we going to bring your? Uh, are we going to bring the more talented units out of retirement? Get a little bit of the crunch. This. The crunch from the taco shell goes nicely with the. Uh, Chewiness of the noodles and the meatball. What is it about Cincinnati and noodles? <laughs> there must be a whole speak. There must be a department of noodle at the uh, Cincinnati Cincy Hall. They're like, yes. we've got these noodles. What else can we use them with? Chili tacos. Excess. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That might be a bridge well, too far. I don't <laughs> think Frederick DePew at the Henry will be serving spaghetti taco night. Spaghetti tacos, but it's a hell of an idea. Speaking of uh, discovering new things, music discovery. discovery. How are we discovering music these days? Gosh, it's hard. It's overwhelming. It used to be easier when you could go to the local record shop, talk to your friends who you thought had great taste and discover things. Now it's just every place. It's everywhere. Uh, well, it's a battle too. There's this... oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the no, streaming well, services thing... are trying to get to the, how do you get to the top? Yeah. 
Um, well, there's also this idea of uh, explore versus exploit, right? So humans want to exploit the knowledge they have. And there's music, like there's literally songs I've been listening to for four decades, which is completely insane. I still love them today. And, you know, is it like, should I exploit what I like, keep the knowledge, listening to what I like, or should I explore and find new music and how you do that? Um, and the streaming has really shook it up. I used Pandora for a long time. Found it to be absolutely fantastic. Now I've pivoted to YouTube music, which isn't that great in terms of discovery. I found it to be a good player. Um, I haven't gone down the Spotify rat hole, but even that, the algo, you know, seems to be controlling you. It's if you listen to certain songs, it'll keep sending you the same songs, which isn't that great. <laughs> great yeah. Either. Yes. And as you know, I'm I'm all in on the Apple universe. So I have Apple Music, and yes, it 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 sends you the same songs. Even if you try to randomize it and find somebody, it keeps filtering in this, the same mix. Even the same exact song, not even the artist. It doesn't even go that deep onto the artist catalog. So it's tough is to figure because, out how to get it, there and how you break yeah, the top. Yeah, is, is it early days on these music algos? Or, uh, you know, they're, it's probably easier to code stuff that says, oh, you know, Chad Munich likes uh, Nicki Minaj. Let's keep sending him more Nicki Minaj, right? As opposed to being like, oh, maybe three or four other songs, we should right. send them a new song. If you like this, you'll like this. Um, yeah, I still find the best way is to go to the local record store and talk to people that are in there, talk to the employees that are in there. Well, let's speak about that because, um, you know, you famously were kind enough for my birthday to enter me into the hell, I mean, into the pleasure that is vinyl <laughs> and uh, bought me a proper record player. Um I'm struggling with that too. Cause there's like, obviously there's so much more stuff on vinyl and it's quite pricey. You know, some of these albums are going for 25, 30 bucks, maybe even higher for collector stuff. Um, that could get add up pretty quickly. So then it, for me, I'm struggling with like, okay, what, I can't buy everything. So like, should I only buy say blue note jazz, you know? And I think that's like been my decision, but then am I, you know, I think you limiting won't myself. True. But am I limiting myself? Is there other stuff I should be going on and doing? And, um, it's that whole explore versus exploit thing. And so when you're looking, yeah, how do you break out? If you, if you know you like Blue Note Jazz, what is, what's something new that's coming out today, 2023, 2022, that would appeal to your senses? It's for jazz, point. there's no good jazz after, uh, I think, 65. But uh, <laughs> no, for music, it's kind of interesting. Actually, one of my favorite sources for music is KCRW which is an NPR station out of Santa Monica. Um, they've got all kinds of great shows. One of the shows they play is, it's called basically Eclectic 24. It's just a free streaming service. Uh, you can get it on their app. You know, KCRW is at the, for, for me, is at the forefront of where music is going. Some of the most amazing playlists. That's probably the best source of discovery music for me uh, out there. And that's, you know, that's human powered. You know, there's, they actually have DJs, people in the trenches, right. listening to stuff, making this decision. And, um, it's a huge resource. I don't know if you listen to KCRW, but absolutely fantastic. Great. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, you're losing. There are very, I don't know if there's any stations even here that are not large corporate-owned stations that are just literally playing the same playlist with a national DJ. Yeah, which is a shame. Because it doesn't seem to me that radio is that expensive. You know, I don't know. The value proposition maybe just can't be underwritten like it was in the day. Um, even listen to college radio, there was this great, you know, this sounds so antiquated, but I used to get this magazine called the Rolling Stone. It was like 
in print and they would mail it to you and it was delivered to your house. But in the back, there was a list, right? Like top, like various music lists. One of the best was obviously like college radio. Um, I guess that probably still exists somewhere. Somebody's probably doing that, but I would have no idea where to find it. But once again, there's some then, human deciding, hey, here's like a curated list you should check out. Yep. I was always Spin Magazine guy, more than Rolling Stone. And I could see that. I could see that. Tick, TikTok is where all the new music's coming from now. What? Yeah. That's, but see, like, I'm not, like, I don't even, like, I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to stay with KCRW, YouTube, and uh, I don't know, Blue Note Jazz. I'm a, like, in some ways, it's like, I kind of know what I like. You know what I mean? Yes. We're showing but when you do discover a new band, like what is your say your latest music? Like if you were to throw out some music names, new music, yeah, or just anything you like that will be esoteric that only three people in Oslo will listen to. But in terms of jazz, which I've, I've shared you, I, I'm a lover of the B Hammond B3 organ jazz music. There we go. And there is a new band that's actually signed to a Cincinnati label. They're all out of the West Coast though. The Delvin Lamar Organ Trio. Just had a new album come out last month. Okay. We'll put that in the show notes. They're cool to check out. All right. What else you got? Uh, And then back to the old school days, Super Chunk. Great. (laughs) Super Chunk. No idea who that is. Okay. Great punk rock band from uh, Raleigh, Durham. Uh, Started the music label Merge, which has had hundreds of fantastic artists. Super Chunk just dropped a new album uh, yesterday. I guess new albums don't come out on Friday. And you just saw a concert. I think, didn't you just listen to some live music? I literally just went to live music a couple weeks ago. Artists I'd never heard of. Uh, I love discovering actually through seeing live music. Don't do near enough of that with having a kid in life and then the pandemic. I saw an artist named Remy Wolf. Uh, she was a very fun, young crowd, without a doubt, was the oldest person in the entire concert hall. Uh, but there's probably a thousand people there having fun and dancing to uh, the youthful music of Remy Wolf. So do you, are you pro Remy Wolf? Do you think we'll see more of her? I, uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. She's not in my rotation. <laughs> perfect. That's another, I love that, Ryan. Heavy rotation. Um, I'm listening to this band out of Scotland called Frightened Rabbit. A bit uh, melancholy, damp, you know, kind of classic Scottish weather. Um, the lead singer unfortunately killed himself. So the music's a little heavy at times, but uh, randomly discovered them. And then there's a band, Lord Huron. I think they're out of Canada. I don't even know where they're from, but yep. and I don't even know how like if they're relatively new. They're new to me. Um, I don't know. They're putting out some really cool stuff. Um, I guess in terms of downside, the streaming stuff. I'm not sure I'd ever be exposed to you know kind of Scottish alternative rock music and the ability now to kind of find these bands go out there, add them to your queue. I guess that, I mean, obviously that's the upside because even a record store, they can't carry everything. Yep. So. Go check this out. Next topic. Should we get into it? One more topic? The last one. Are you ready? Our favorite segment. What are we reading or watching? And I think we talked about some stuff. We've dropped some stuff already. Already. But do we have anything else to close out? What are you reading or watching? Well, I mentioned the book I'm, I started on your recommendation, so I'm getting schooling on professional football. You're going to love it, man. It's so much better than the NFL, dude. There's so much pageantry, <laughs> sport. we got to get you over to London, see some matches. Um, uh, this will be one I'm sure is not on your reading list, but a, a great comic book series has restarted. It's been on hiatus for a number of years called Saga. You're 100% correct. I'm Googling this now, though. 
Saga, okay. I think Comic. I've got the somewhere behind me the original one. Ep epic space opera fantasy comic is. book series. So this was the the uh, original. I don't know, fifty-five issues. It's pretty thick. Um, so fifty-five issues, but the new one started coming out. Last is it month. delivered? Did it? Was it good? It's uh, delivering. It it picks up and it's it's going on. It's a great story, and uh, hopefully it doesn't get. If it does get option for a TV show or a movie, that they show it some respect and do it well. Because I saw right next to it, uh, why the Last Man Standing. It's another great okay. comic series that I read. There you go. Apocalyptic aren't these all, times the, aren't these all basically the same story? They uh, they turned that into a TV show that was not very good. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, you were spot on. I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't understand any of the words coming out of your mouth. That's good stuff. <laughs> I'm going to go with this. Um, this is a pretty cool book. So um, it's put out by a firm in Korea. And it's called. It's a magazine called B. Let me see this. Mm -hmm. um, you can pick this up at Sid Mashburn actually. But what they do, it's called. It's a brand documentary magazine. Um, this one is on Staub, the uh, French cookware, and they do a deep dive on all kinds of Staub products, backstories. Uh, the curation is high. Um, the detail is fantastic, um, and they've done like twenty of these different books: New Balance, IKEA. But they do a deep dive. On a brand, so pretty cool magazine. Uh, great idea too. Brand documentary magazine called B. Um, yeah, I gotta get you the New Balance copy, man. So I don't know. That was pretty cool. It was a gift to me, but um, something I enjoyed. And another thing, I guess I'll have to collect now. I gotta pick up the other magazines, but right once you have one, you have to you yeah, have you to gotta have at least ten. You gotta have more. Yes. All right, buddy. It was good catching up. This Any other uh, insights, or uh, do you want to make a prediction on the? Uh, you've made one prediction on the MLS. Uh, any other predictions? No other predictions. I'm going to see. I'm going to Google here. Detroit prediction. Well, Detroit. USF, the USFL starts. Michigan Panthers. I, yeah, I, I mean saw Michigan. Interested in watching the draft. We had the number one draft pick, uh, Sean Peterson. I think right played at the University of Michigan. Um, as you know, man, Michigan is the home of champions. So the Michigan Panthers have won. I think Jeff Fisher is the coach. I don't really understand uh, the USFL or where they're playing, or but it's fantastic. The world needs more football, whether it's soccer or whether it's uh, tackle. So the pros here, by the way, they pre predict, once again, New York City FC to be the best team again. They won last year's MLS, so more, more big city elitists. Yes. Winning. <laughs> I'm not sure. Let me see where uh, FC Cincinnati comes in. DC United, they have them ninth. So that's uh, not great. That's probably last because there's like 28 teams. Um, 13th for uh, FC Cincinnati. So I'd be happy. Which isn't last. Middle of the road finish. That would be huge yeah. improvement. They should be better than Charlotte, is what they're saying, which is an expansion team. So there you go. All right. Thanks, All right, buddy. Mark. We'll see. You, we'll see you in two weeks' time. This two was weeks. great. Keep it real. Keep playing the Hammond organ. Thanks. Ciao.